This is episode eight of my brand new podcast, It's All Talk, Teaching, Training, Talking Jesus. Welcome. My name is Irie Arbor, your host, and each week I encourage and equip you through the study of scripture and through sharing inspirational interviews with spiritual and influential leaders how to come to know and love Jesus Christ. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's talk Jesus. The tongue weighs practically nothing, but so few people can hold it. Josh Billings says, The best time to hold your tongue is the time you feel you must say something or burst. We have been studying spiritual maturity through the book of James, and so far, James has taught us, one, maturity is patient. Number two, maturity is living what you profess. And this week, James is teaching us a big one. Maturity is watching what you say. Yes, this lesson from James is all about the tongue. In today's episode, we cover a warning for teachers and aspiring leaders in the church and the power of the tongue. If you are enjoying the information in this episode, please share this with a friend you think would be encouraged as well, as we're all about spreading inspiration and equipping as many people as possible. If this is your first time here, welcome. Please subscribe here and anywhere you are listening. And at the end, please leave us a rating or review on the parts you enjoy the most about this episode. Welcome back to the conversation. Now, let's talk Jesus. I'm excited. Here's your host, Ivory Yarborough. We're back with episode eight, Watch Your Mouth, on It's All Talk, Teaching, Training, Talking Jesus. Now, I grew up in the South, and I heard older people tell us kids when we got a little too sassy, watch your mouth, meaning be careful what you are saying, and in many cases, it was a final warning. In James chapter 3, he is teaching the believer that spiritual maturity includes choosing your words mindfully. Even Jesus was conscientious about his words. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. John 12, 49 and 50. Why was Jesus so meticulous about his words? Because Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. Jesus knew the power of his words. Although James is instructing us about our tongues and the words that we utter, he starts chapter 3 with a stern warning to all teachers and aspiring leaders in the church. James 3, 1 and 2 reads, Do not become teachers in large numbers, my brothers and sisters, since you know that we who are teachers will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a mature man able also to bridle the whole body. Being a teacher or rabbi in the Jewish culture was in high honor. And James was having to warn people who aspired to be teachers in the church that it is not to be taken lightly in God's eyes. And God's judgment for teachers and leaders will be more severe. So please do not rush into teaching God's word without counting up the cost. Now, for me, this is a serious matter. It tells me that there are degrees of judgment with God. And a person like myself, a teacher of God's word, needs to take heed to this statement. Jesus told the disciples the same thing. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Luke 12, 48. Notice James 3, 1 says, we who are teachers. 
And in verse 3, 2, we all stumble. James is careful to include himself in this truth. James even acknowledges that we, himself included, stumbles. Stumble means something that trips you up or hinders our progress in the Lord. But he says if one can watch his mouth or does not stumble in word, then he or she is a mature person with the ability to bridle, i.e. control, his whole body. Words control the direction of our entire lives. When we return, James talks about how the smallest member of the body has the power to direct. Stay tuned. It's all talk, teaching, training, talking Jesus. Please subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. Welcome back, friends. James has informed us teachers and leaders of the church that we are held to a stricter judgment in our positions. James informs us that spiritual maturity is visible when we can master our words. In mastering our tongue, we can direct our whole body. For if we could control our tongues, we would be mature and could also control ourselves in every other way. James illustrates the tongue's power to direct with the examples of a bit in a horse's mouth and a small rudder on a ship. James 3, 3 through 5 reads, When we put bits into the mouth of a horse to make it obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. I want you to take a moment to imagine the Clasdale horse, which stands 16 to 18 feet tall and weighs 1,800 to 2,000 pounds. A beautiful beast and extremely massive, yet the average bit size for a horse is only between 5 and 6 inches in the Clydesdale's mouth. And this small 5 to 6 inch bit can control where a 2,000 pound horse goes. Now that is power. The largest ship in the world by length is an oil tanker Seawise Giant at 1,504 feet, which was twice the length of the Titanic. It was in service from 1979 to 2009. However, the rudder is incomparably smaller than the hull of a ship it has to turn, but an average person can steer a massive ship like the Seawise Giant with a simple turn of this small part of the vessel. What power in a small part? James is warning us that our tongues, yet small, compared to other members of our body, can have a huge impact on the direction our lives and our bodies go. One declaration from a president or a king can cause an entire country to be at war with another nation. One word from a parent or teacher can set the course of a child's whole self-esteem or self-worth. One statement can direct your life from childhood to adulthood. What words from your tongue or someone else's tongue has directed your life, your college choice, your career path, your parenting style, or even what you believe about God? And the list goes on. The tongue is important because it has the power to set the course of our whole body and family. Joshua used the power of his tongue to direct his family. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Up next, we will see how the tongue has the power to demolish like a wild fire. Don't move. Learn, grow, and talk Jesus. It's All Talk with Ivory Yarbrough. 
We're back with Brother James helping us mature as Christian disciples of Jesus Christ in the area of our tongue and its word. We learned that the tongue, although small, has the power to set the course of our lives. Now James explains how the tongue can destroy like a fire. James 3, 6 says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Okay. All right, James. Let's dive into this. First, James says the tongue is a fire. Have you ever seen the enormous forest fires in California that cause people to be forced to leave their homes, cause millions in damages, and even sometimes loss of life? These fires are most of the time started by a small cigarette or a campfire or a set deliberately by someone. The point I'm trying to make is these huge fires are ignited by a very small spark. James is saying the tongue can be used the same way through our words. One word, one conversation can cause a gigantic fire to erupt in a person's life that can burn up an entire family. One false accusation of an affair can ruin a marriage and family. An untrue statement about an authority figure can ruin a career. One heated statement can lead to a deadly domestic incident. How many times have we read on social media or seen on TV that a death was caused by an argument about something that seems trivial to us, but the words spoken caused a family member to be killed or arrested? The spark of the tongue can develop into a forest fire, which can result in a lifetime of damage and sometimes death. James says, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. James 1, 19 and 26. Coming up next, James continues to tell us how the tongue has the power to destroy like a poisonous animal. Don't go away. It's all talk, teaching, training, and talking Jesus. I wanted it to happen. We'll be back after a brief intermission. Welcome back, guys. James is in the middle of illustrating how the tongue has the power to destroy by comparing it to a fire. Now he is comparing the tongue to a dangerous animal. James 3, 7, and 8 reads, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What a statement. So James is saying people can tame even the most ferocious animals, but no human being can tame the tongue. Hashtag facts. Do you remember going to the circus and seeing a little tiny man or woman with nothing but a yardstick and a whip having the authority to command a tiger or a 13,000 pound elephant to do tricks for your entertainment? It was fascinating to me as a kid. I would wonder how in the world did he get that animal to do such amazing things? Or maybe you have been stunned at how movies get animals to cooperate with actors on set. They have professional trainers that have tamed these beasts to act on command. But yet our small tongues no human being can master. James says it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And even a poisonous cobra can be controlled. So if no human being can control the tongue, which has the power to direct and the power to destroy, how can we get a hold of this small member of our body? 
Jesus said it best in Matthew 19, 26. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. King David said, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalms 141.3. The only way to tame our tongue is to let the master, God, have control. We surrender to God's power to speak what he desires, not what we want. Isaiah wrote it in chapter 50, verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning. He waketh my ear to hear as the learned. Notice the servant said, the Lord has given me the tongue. We must allow the Holy Spirit to guide our speech because death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. Next segment, James shares how the tongue has the power to bring joy and refreshing. Stay tuned. Tired of those other boring podcasts? Need a rescue? It's all talk, teaching, training, talking Jesus. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. James has taken us on quite a ride, guys, talking about how teachers of the word will face stricter judgment from God and the power of our little tiny tongues. James ends this discussion on the tongue's power to spread gladness. In James 3, 9 through 12, he relates the tongue to a fountain and a tree. Verses 9 through 12 read, With our tongues, we bless God, our Father. With the same tongue, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Cursing and blessing out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. James is trying to make us think about how we use our words. He is appealing to our heart and our mind. James is saying, think about the words that your tongue is uttering. We bless God, which is right to do. King David said in Psalms 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we should use our tongues to bless the Lord. But James says with the same tongue, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. On one hand, we bless God, which is a delight. However, we curse his children made in his image, cursing and blessing out of the same mouth. How ridiculous is that? And as Christians, it should not go on. Think of it like this. You are friends with a husband and wife, a beautiful couple. You tell them how good they look together how you admire their marriage, how wonderful they are as parents. And then their two adorable children walk into the room and you look at their handsome children and say, what an awful looking pair of kids. Have you ever seen anything so dreadful as these two in all your life? They are going to be complete failures. But they are made in the same likeness and image as the husband and wife. You just said we're a beautiful couple. What up with that? That's what James is saying. How can blessing and curses come from the same mouth? How can you bless God and curse his children? It's like a fountain of water that one minute the water is sweet and refreshing and the next second it is bitter. 
Remember James mentioned God's royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let your words be a refreshing, sweet fountain a weary soul can drink from. Proverbs 18.4, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Proverbs 13.14 says, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Lastly, James talks about trees. Trees in the Bible symbolize strength. They bear fruit for nourishment, provide shade and shelter for a tired traveler. Solomon said, the lips of the righteous feed many. When we allow God to guard our lips and season our words with his Holy Spirit, our words can feed a nation with hope, a child with courage, and a spouse with love. The words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. still feed us today like they did in the 1950s and 60s. His words still sound refreshing and sweet to us now because his words were a refreshing fountain and a tree that bared good fruit. James warns, just like a fig tree cannot bear olives, as a Christian who is representing Jesus, don't let your words produce destructive fruit. I would like to end with a clip from a Dave Chappelle interview with Maya Angelou, where she talks about words. I believe that a word is a thing. It is non-visible and audible only for the time it's there. It hangs in the air. But I believe it is a thing. I believe it goes into the upholstery and into the rugs and into my hair and into my clothes and finally even into my body. I believe the words are things and I live on them. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Live on the words of God and speak his words over everyone you meet. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Come back soon for more spiritual inspiration. And don't forget to click like and subscribe to never miss an episode. It's all talk. The podcast.